With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Yeah. 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 But you're still showing in here twice. Double the pleasure, double the fun. (laughs) (laughs) Not when it comes to Mark Landry, the machine gun. Anyway, listen. It's very complicated about the National Guard, okay? And I do stress very complicated because President Trump you got to be real careful with the National Guard. You want the states to do it. Okay? Now the district is an interesting concept all in itself because the president is the head dog over the district. They allow yeah. them to have a mayor, they allow them to have a council. But actually, Congress controls the district, and the president has the final say over the district. So the mayor kicking the guard out of the hotel, which she can do, um, that, listen, this all is, this is all a, a, well, it's a move. Here we go, say it. It's It's a political damn stunt. It is a stunt. Say it. All of this is a stunt to move away from the coronavirus because Trump was winning that. And a lot of this has to do with when, listen, the protesters that are protesting George Flynn or whatever the hell his name is. Yeah. uh, They're legitimate. No, I understand that. I I mean, that's pretty obvious. They're legit, and I stand with those people. However, the political machines, the Democratic Party, sees this as, okay, let's create some unrest. Here is the problem, and here's where their playbook is kind of backfiring on them. Okay, number one, all of this stuff's happening in Democrat-controlled areas. It is not happening in Republican-controlled areas. Okay. They sent out a memo to these groups encouraging them to start moving into the suburbs and go into small towns and start doing it. <laughs> now, they can try that, but, you know, come down south and try that shit and see what happens. Well, they're coming into, they're coming into a small town of Oxford where Miami University is housed as of Monday but, evening at 630. But, but I don't anticipate you're going to have any problems there. We've got one scheduled here tomorrow at 1230. Again, I don't see any problems arising. Um, there's been some talk about three busloads of protesters coming in from Little Rock. But I'm going to tell you, the people the people here will turn them away. Yeah, no kidding. Um, you know, the people what we need is some big strapping men to grab them by the nap of the neck. That's what we need. No, I'm getting tired of it. The minute you do that, you're a criminal. You're yep. guilty of assault, and <laughs> you don't do for that. stopping a protest. Really? 
Yes. Well, it's better than using your AK-47 on them and taking them all out. You're but that what that that's one thing that could happen if they start going into the towns and the and the small areas. Mark my word, people are locked and loaded around here. They're not playing. The, the Indiana militia, you know, yeah, they like to go play with their guns. I get it. But you guys, you they guys, they are not just, they're not playing. The 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 play toys in the. Hang on a second. Let me get this face here. There's some things that can't be done when I'm when my thing is not on the call, and so I had to get myself back on the call. Anyway, um, yes, there, there's going to be skirmishes. I think in some of these small towns, if they start going into them, will there be a big flat out revolution by townspeople versus riders? No, the cops will step in, and and in these little towns, they're run by Republicans. And I'm just going to tell you, the National Guard in just about every state that's seen protests is already activated and on standby. My nephew is uh, currently on standby uh, yeah. with a unit, and they are ready to move into the city of Memphis uh, as soon as Governor Bill Lee gives the order. Um, yeah. Here's another buddy of mine that's in the National Guard. He is up in Minneapolis. He is currently patrolling the streets. Yep. But here's what I want everybody to understand, okay? There's a difference between the protesters and the rioters. There is a big difference. And the rioters and the looters are using this as cover, okay? Yeah, I think both of them are. I think the Black Lives Matter movement is being used by the Democrat Party. Well, go but, figure. They've used blacks all of, all of our lives. Black Lives Matter is a terrorist organization right along with Antifa. Okay. Yeah, okay. All, yeah. and Soros is funding yeah. both of them, right? Yes. But there is. are some innocent people among them that are straight up trying to protest and that are not that don't know that they're a, a terrorist organization. Agreed. Black Lives Matter. In fact, I've spent a week trying to make people aware of what BLM has become and who is behind Black Lives Matter. Yeah. So. Now you'll get somebody, some people that agree with that. As I was pointing out last night to people that George Soros funds, uh, funded, uh, still funds Black Lives Matter. And I said, you know, back in the 70s, he said it was, he'd like his mission in life is to destroy the United States. So. Darling. We'll go ahead and put it right there. Yeah. He also funded all the caravans, guys. Come on. He, he gave Beto O'Rourke's campaign $92 million. Oh, yeah. That's what the man raised, and that's more than any Senate race in the country. Facio Cortez. She's now jumping on the bandwagon to defund the police. Oh, I'm sure. So the um, defunding police, uh, I've been really thinking about that. Push it in there. If y'all hear me say weird things that you all are wondering why in the world I'm saying it, it's because the grandbaby is messing with stuff. (laughs) (laughs) 
I mean, I don't have a problem with the protesting either. It should be protested, you know. But when these people get on Instagram and Facebook and scream at the top of their lungs about how oppressed they are and how white people are keeping them down, I had it last night. And I t- it took me an hour to write this. And I said, I don't owe you anything. I said, you owe yourselves. If you're too damn lazy to get off the couch and stop mm-hmm. collecting welfare and food stamps and do something with your life. Okay. Okay. I got to stop you there. Because not all, not all of the people that feel that there's been an injustice is on food stamps. I or, know that. I said some people. That's how I quoted it. I said some people are collecting welfare and food stamps. But, you know, I said slavery was ended in 1863. I said, yeah, and but when you have a generational problem, and this is a generational problem. Oh, thank oh. you. Thank you. Praise the Lord. Someone finally brought in that. This is a generational problem. And hang on a second. Hey, Addie, are you on here? Yeah. I know, I know you are. I can see you. Say hi. Mommy's said, on here. Yeah. Yeah. Say hi to mommy. Hi. Hi. Guys, we're going to get the recording. Diana is Addie's daughter. And so Addie and I had a conversation the other day and was talking about one of the topics we're going to discuss tonight. And Addie uh, has some interesting viewpoints. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so uh, Addie has been researching Black Lives Matter and some other other things, and we no, we don't push buttons. Thank you. And so, I wanted her to come on here and share her viewpoint, since all y'all are old and crotchety, and she says she's young and vibrant. <laughs> oh, jeez. Yeah, yeah. You'll be old and crotchety too one day. Like, oh, hell, I've been put on the spot. Yeah, I would really like to hear this because out of the mouths of babes. Well, I didn't hear what was going on at first because I got kicked off the line. Oh, I see. So, well, it, it, yeah. it was just monologuing. So we were talking about the protesters versus the looters and how protesters have valid grievances and have a right to peacefully assemble and say their peace to the people in charge and the riders do not. That's kind of as far as we've gotten. Okay. Um, yeah, I agree with that. It's, yeah. So, Addie, do you feel like that there is um, and by the way, some of the questions I'm going to ask her, her and I have already discussed, but I think her viewpoint on it is important given her own experiences uh, throughout various, various times. If she wants to share a couple of those experiences, she can. I'm not going to share unless she does. But uh, I think she's the, she's the right person that can talk on this. Nope. Do you feel like that the racism that we're hearing about is systemic and across the board with with the cops and people of authority. 
I think it can be kind of like, I think it just falls under stereotypes really and stuff. And then uh, with the protests, I know off of seeing um, videos and stuff, and that that's the bad thing when you look at the videos, especially on social media, is you're not seeing the whole picture. You're only seeing what the camera wants you to see. With mm-hmm. that being said, like the protests that happened in Little Rock, I completely understand um, that it it went unpeaceful basically because of people wanting to destroy stuff and so on and so on. But when it got up to the capital steps and they there that's where the cameras were, so I don't I didn't get to see what happened down there. But the part that made me the most angriest was the part where they had pretty much cleared everyone out, and they told everyone to sit down. And, um, again, you can't hear everything. You know, you could only pick up on some things. I, I imagine that not everyone was sitting down in the back, but they were ways away from the cops, though. And a black guy decided to go. Again, it wasn't like right up in the cops' faces or anything. He had his hands out open, you know, showing basically that he had nothing on him. And then he took a knee in front of them, and people started joining him. And I did not agree with the fact that they got tear gas and not only that, fireworks thrown at them there. And out of everything, that made me really mad, and it kind of, you kind I, I kind of start to question it and question where, what side I lean on more for the simple fact of if I was in that position, I'd be pissed off, and I'd be so mad to where I might want to cause some damage too. You know, not saying I would, but I could understand the frustration. So. Okay, so with the uh, with the Little Rock thing, and them sitting down and taking the knee, I was I did try to find out what the firecrackers were. The statement released by the Little Rock uh, commander of the state police stated that the police did not have anything to do with firecrackers, but that they did tear gas. Now, well, they had like they had like the gun things in the again. I know it was on a video and stuff, but they had like the gun things and stuff shooting them. I don't know exactly what they were, but they were almost were like fire. Then most likely it was a flashbang, but I don't know. I, I I tried to find out about firecrackers because we weren't the only ones asking questions about firecrackers. Some other people did too, and they said they didn't have firecrackers. Now I don't know. Um, I know what was said and what the other body cam video showed was going on at the Capitol. And I watched that video you're talking about. And I have to agree with you. I didn't see anything there other than after they were told to sit down, them getting up. That's the only thing I saw that went against them in that particular Was there a curfew? Yes, there was a curfew. Okay, well then were they enforcing it? Um, no, 
Because usually when they usually when they put the tear gas out, though, Fabian, they want them to disperse. Yes. And if they're not minding the curfew, that's why they're doing it. The tear gas, the tear gas because they were throwing bricks and rocks trying to damage capital and people. You know, I get that, by the way. I think I'm trying to Got a head. But uh, anyway, so I don't know, but I will tell you, I think as a result of this, and part of this, I think, is orchestrated. I think it's orchestrated so that innocent people get tear gassed. I think that's part of not the protesters. The protesters are genuine, okay? The true peaceful protesters, they're genuine. I'm not going to debate that with anybody. They're, They're there for true it's the people behind them, the Antifas, the Black Lives Matter, the Occupy Wall Street, the White Pride, all these other groups that are using the protesters to destroy stuff. That I have a problem with. And unfortunately, a lot of these protesters are being used as props. Because mm-hmm. Antifa doesn't care if they get gassed or if they get rubber bullets fired at them, okay? They don't care. That just helps their narrative and helps with... It's why they're wearing gas masks. Okay. Um, You know, again, I go back to these protests that are happening that are peaceful, they're genuine. But when you go to Chicago, Little Rock, uh, Memphis, not, not... Ah. Oh. Yeah. Can you hear everybody? Mm-hmm. She's got she got headphones on listening to the call. So she's talking to she's on the call. The youngest political great Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. She's sitting with Grammy listening. <laughs> But is yeah, she voting? Say what? Is she voting for Trump? <laughs> I don't know. Diana, are you going to vote? Are you going to vote for Trump? <laughs> she has officially said yes. She's voting for Trump. Okay. <laughs> okay. So, all right. Let Let's go back to the protesters. So, how do How do you fix it? How do you use this as a catalyst, Hattie, to help change some things while at the same time not rewarding those that are destroying and destroying property? You make everybody responsible. Are you asking Hattie? I was. I'll give everybody else. Um, yeah, I I think like you you do you're gonna make everyone responsible. But with that being said, if you do have the violent protesters invading in with the peaceful protesters, well then how do you know which ones are peaceful and which ones are being violent? Because you're all in the crowd. So I think. Addie, stay on the phone because I want you to hear what I have to say later. Okay. Okay. <laughs> I. I think that I don't I don't I don't know. 
I don't know because I I feel like no matter what, no matter who it is, people are all you can't please everyone. Right. And you know if if the the cops need to do their job. With that being said, you know, and that's that's the thing that these violent protesters are ruining it for the peaceful ones because the the cops to a point are on the peaceful protesters side just like there's been videos of cops you know marching with them and stuff like that but when it comes down to it the cops themselves have have a job to do mm-hmm. and when things turn around they're going to do their job they have a family to support support just like anyone else the cops so, will go ahead no go ahead i already lost my train of thought <laughs> the cops are not the cops are not, not all cops are dirty, okay? And the majority of cops are good and try to do their job. One of the things that we have to do in order to stop, to stop some of this is, number one, I think that the way that restraints are done in um, when taking somebody down, there are ways to take people down using hand-to-hand combat or other uh, other maneuvers, whether it be martial arts, whether it be uh, PCM, TQI, any other form of restraint. There's ways to do it that are non-lethal. And since most police forces are one or two cops before they engage suspects I think we need to really look at that and I think that's one of the ways to stop some of this another thing I've heard is that racial or that profiling needs to stop um, I don't for one minute believe profiling needs to stop and here's why okay if you if you're in a neighborhood and, and I asked Addie this question on Friday, I guess. We were talking about redlining, which we're gonna get into here in a few minutes, but we were talking about if you're in a neighborhood, okay, and you're in a high crime neighborhood and you see individuals at a community cop, you've not seen them before or that and, you know, they're driving down the street really slow. Would you not, hey, you know, maybe I need to find out with these folks. Hey, you know, how's your day? What y'all up to? That is a form of profiling. Is it illegal? No. But if you're in a neighborhood that has high crime and you've got somebody that you've not seen there and they're driving real slow down the street, wouldn't it be smart policing to say, hey, how you doing, you know, why are you out here? Or if you, uh, New York City has a stop and frisk policy. Okay, I know de Blasio has tried to get rid of it, but they have a stop and frisk. If you've got a guy walking down the street in the middle of summer in New York when it's 90 degrees wearing a coat that's for minus 20 degree weather, and it's all dooted up. Well, that doesn't match, right? 
So, I mean, there are things that we can do, but there are other things that need to stay. Now, having said that, I'm probably not the guy they're going to profile, okay? I'm just going to be honest. They're not going to profile me. They're not going to profile Amanda. And most of you, they're not going to profile, okay? Addie and Umberto may be profiled. I don't know. They're more likely. They keep kicking me around. They more likely to get. They're more likely to get profiled than I am. So they may they may speak to it a little more than I do. But I think that if a duck is a duck is a duck, you have to treat it like a duck. Okay. Um. But I do think with restraint holds, dealing with with people needs to change. I also think that policing needs to go to be more what they call community policing. And a lot of police departments are doing that. Cops need to interact with people so that people feel like they can trust them. Um, Several towns, I know the cops go out and play basketball with the kids and go to the community centers and check on people and, and basically stop and talk to people. They don't, you know, they just pull over, talk to people out in the yards. Hi, how you doing? You see something, say something, whatever the case may be. But I do think there needs to be an overhaul. And I think this will help, much like Ferguson. You know, Ferguson, as a result of what happened in Ferguson with the cops, they went in there, found a lot of things needed to be changed, basically cleared out that whole police department, and brought in a bunch of new cops, and we've not heard anything from Ferguson. Okay? Now, why is that important? That is important because there's a big push right now to defund police departments. Okay? I've been pondering that the last couple of days, and that's a political stunt. Everybody that's putting that before all these different... uh, governing bodies. Los Angeles says they're going to defund their cops by $150 million and all this stuff. That's a political ploy. It's never going to happen. Okay? And I want everybody... It's never going to happen. That would be incredibly stupid. And they're not that stupid. Okay? They're not going to do it. Because you take the cops out of these cities and crime's going to be rampant. Chicago, New York, Minneapolis, which Minneapolis is three cities together. Um, Los Angeles, Nashville, Memphis, all hell would break loose. Okay, and it's just not going to happen. So let me circle around before we go into redlining. Let me circle around and talk about the National Guard. Okay. Because I've had a lot of people ask me, why doesn't Trump just send in the National Guard? Okay? So I'm going to explain why. Number one, to federalize the National Guard, which can do, a couple of things need to happen. One, posse comitatus has to be suspended. Okay? Number two, and he can do that. Number two, he has to use the Insurrection Act in order to deploy U.S. troops to quell any insurrection. And I think, rightfully so, President Trump is being very, very hesitant to utilize that act. 
okay? At the end of the day, states are sovereign, okay? Now, if these protests, and here's the key to this, if any of this protesting stuff happens in these states and it happens on federal property, then he can go into these states with little or no invitation from the governors. But he has been trying to avoid that, okay? He wants the states to take care of this, and that's what Republicans do. They let the states handle it, and he should. Now, he has told them that by the end of next week, this stuff needs to be over, okay? And if not, he is going to act. And by the end of next week, public opinion will be on his side to act because most people are getting tired of this. Okay? Mm-hmm. Say your piece. That's fine. Let's work about bringing changes, but let's stop disrupting everything. Well, why is he if, waiting? It, huh? Public opinion. Why has he waited so long? Public opinion's not on his side right now to do this. Okay, you're you're traveling down the road here. Anytime a president does something for the first time, you create precedent. Okay, and I completely yeah, understand. It's been done before. The insurrection action has been done before. It's been used once. Okay. Uh, no. Have the insurrection act. John F. Kennedy used it twice. Okay. And I I'm just going to use it in 57. George W. Bush t- used it in 92. George W. Bush did not use it. He used it after the riots in L.A., after the Rodney King trial. The act was never utilized. The National Guard was called up by the state of California. The president never federalized them. And that's what you want people to do. You want the states to do it. Because the states actually have a little wider latitude of what the Guard can do within their own borders versus if it's federalized. Remember, there is, you know, the Constitution is very clear about troops on U.S. soil. Okay? And it's very great when the feds start deploying troops. States have a different leeway. So if I think that they're going to let this weekend pass, they're going to let them do their marches. Um, I don't know what I'll have Do their marches? Buildings are on fire again. Do their marches? Are they on fire in the district? Uh, wait a minute. Let me see where it's at. Hang on. It's really teeny tiny type. <laughs> No, they just changed the the picture. Can he override the mayor in D.C.? Yes. What was it? What what's all this mural that was painted down the street? A black lives. The District Matter. of Columbia. Listen, the District of Columbia belongs to the federal government. That's the whole purpose of the district. Okay, he controls the district. Them having their own mayor and their own council is relatively new. And they still got to ask Congress's permission to take this. So, well, they didn't. They didn't when they when they defaced the streets down there. 
listen. That they're using spray paint on it this afternoon. As long listen, those are public, and as long as they don't go after Capitol Hill and they stay away from the Capitol Hill area, they're not going to say nothing. They're going to let them go. I'm just, I'm just telling you, that's what wow. they're going to do. And wow. I'm not, I'm not opposed to that. Really, as long as it doesn't affect the government buildings, then it's fine. As long as they don't deface the monuments. And which they have. They've done that, too. But they they already did that this week. Which is they burned down a post office. They did that, too. Isn't that government property? They did not burn down a post office. Minneapolis. They, they burnt the yard to the post office. They did not burn the post office. Okay, and yes, the post office building does belong to the federal government. The the issue that everybody needs to understand here, okay, if you pour is racism, and how do you deal with it? That's the issue. It's yeah. not the protest. It's not the black people. It's not the white people. It's the racism on everybody's side, and it starts at home. That's how you fix it. You, when you parent, you don't teach your children how to be racist because we're not born with racism. It's taught. If you stop the, the rioters, they're going to scream racist. I'm, I'm going to say this. The point if they are spray painting the streets of the district, let them spray paint the damn streets. I don't care. You know why? That belongs to the people anyway. They want to spray paint it, fine. Let them spray paint it. Okay? You know what takes care of spray paint? The street sweepers. Okay? They'll sweep that shit up and it'll be gone by the time Monday evening rolls around. All that stuff's going to be gone. If that's what it takes to get this stuff out and get people back, fine. Let them express it. Because guess what? That's the freedom of expression, and they're temporarily defacing some asphalt. Let them have that. If they're destroying the monuments, and they're destroying buildings, and they're destroying businesses, stuff them and stuff them. But if you'll notice, and based on what I've seen today, most of the district has remained peaceful because Trump told them very clearly, you begin to do this crap again, and he will federalize. And Trust me, you haven't seen Washington, D.C. be a DMZ since 2001. Yeah. The district can be locked down really quick, and all 600,000 of their residents will suffer, okay, because that place will lock down all 10 square miles of it, locked down. So as far as I'm concerned, let them march. Now, in the other states, listen, the states are responsible for their property. You want to shut it down, then you call the National Guard, you shut it down. But it's a balancing act between people that are truly protesting and those that are causing damage. But when you arrest these people and you kick them right back out later the same night so they can go back and pick up another brick. Yeah, de Blasio, he's a nut. But Damn to, and here's what President Trump is doing. He's given the states the opportunity and a chance. If they to don't have it. it by the end of the week, he's going to do it. He will finally have public opinion on his side. He will have law enforcement on his side. And more importantly, he will have the military on his side. And as much as people don't realize that, yes, 
the military will follow a lawful order, but it's better if the military understands and has their heart in it. So it is politics. Every bit of this is a political game. This is a chess game taking place using peaceful protesters as the pawns. Okay? And on one side, you have BLM, Antifa, Occupy Wall Street, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. And on the other side, you have President Trump. And it's just a chess game. And so what you do is you've got to let, you've got to let the other side put their king into check. Right now, Antifa and their bunch is in check. Let them, let them keep making the move so that Trump can say checkmate. And he can say, I've given the states an opportunity to deal with this. I've went to the governors and said, hey, you need to deal with this or I will. They have refused to deal with this. De Blasio has, uh, uh, De Blasio's got the biggest problem because he's oh, about yeah. to have, he's about to have twenty five thousand of his thirty seven thousand cops walk off the job. Yeah. Now, listen, you don't want those cops walking off the job in New York City. <laughs> I know. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, he'll call in the he'll call in the the National Guard pretty quick then, won't he? <laughs> well, he stood there and said. No, we don't need the National Guard because they're not Yeah, I know. I heard him. No, they're not used the to the environment. They're not used to the, the environment in New York. The problem is that de Blasio doesn't have the authority to call up nothing. The only right, thing right. are 37,000 New York City police officers that probably would duck if somebody fired any kind of projectile at him. Okay? Just saying. But Here's the deal. Cuomo, as much as I can't stand that bastard, he's about ready to call in the National Guard himself. Okay? Because he understands. So goes New York City, so goes the rest of the state. And if all hell breaks loose in New York City, Albany's next. Mm -hmm. Seems like Buffalo's already had it. Well, Buffalo's more of a Republican area. Buffalo, Buffalo... City is not, but all the suburbs up there in that whole north, the whole yeah. North. Well, half of those cops walked off the job up there already over they that will. white dude that they knocked down. Yep, they did it already. They resigned. Yeah, I know. But and there were and and they charged those officers too for knocking that white dude down that was protesting. But you know that looked to me like it was really staged. I swear to you. It, well. <laughs> I saw the for that, and the jury's out on it. I'm going to simply yeah. say that, that I think those two cops will walk, but the damage yeah. is done. And the next right. step of this will be exactly what happened in Ferguson: is it's going to be open season on cops again, and then right. what's going to happen? Cops are going to respond; they're going to escalate on their end because at the end of the day, we have to have law and order. Okay. It doesn't matter the color of your skin, who you are, what you are. We have to have law and order. Yeah, but the racism is the reason this is happening, Fabian. The racism that lives in the hearts of whites and blacks is what's causing this. (laughs) And it is taught at home. Now, the blacks, I don't know if it is. I believe part of it is generational over the years. And I believe that that is a fear that is perpetuated onto their children about white people. That is a fact, as God is my witness, that is a fact. It is born and bred into them once they are born. 
Now, white people, on the other hand, there's a large percentage of white people that would like to be able to let racism go and move forward, okay, including myself. I never taught my daughter anything uh, racist whatsoever, and you're not. That's what I'm saying. The whole, there's a lot more white people out there that get it and understand that, it, that teaching right starts at home. And, and, but the blacks have to do that too. They have to understand what has been done to them since slavery was abolished. Because I'll give you a perfect example. Margaret Zanger has done, been done to them since slavery was abolished. So have we really abolished slavery? But they don't understand it. They okay. don't get it. They fight you tooth and nail. And there was a black foreign woman on video from D.C. this week who stood out at the crowd where Black Lives Matter was protesting, and she called every one of them out. She said, I am free, and I am, and you know what? She's a foreign warm, black woman working for the government in a government job. She said, I am free. She said, there are people who want desperately to be able to come and live in America. And I am free and I am black. She said, you are so fool, such fools for standing out here and doing all of this and giving in to some of these people. The whites were stepping up and fighting her. The whites were the standing up and fighting what she was saying. And all she said was, if you want to change, go home. Change it at home. That's Fix it at home. Okay, so what? She, was she what? Jamaican. But I'm not sure, but she was she was difficult to understand, and she did say yeah. that she was foreign, you know, but she's like, I'm black, and I'm free, and they were telling her to leave and everything else, and she was like, you can't tell me to leave. I'm free, and I'm black, and it's all good. I mean, she's like, there's my house. You can't tell me to leave, you know. I mean, it was, she was great. She was really smart here's the issue okay so no i am not a racist okay but i was i used to be why what reason whoever taught you to be racist nobody taught me to be racist well then why would you be racist because Did you I, have something happen against a black person towards you that, that made you racist? Oh, I didn't have any problem with black people. I had a problem with Hispanic people. I hated them all. <laughs> okay. Did some Hispanic person do something to you? Okay. I did. I hated every one of them. If I saw, well, did, if I saw did, did some Hispanic person do something to you? Well, that's, that's a different show. I did. I hated them all. If, if, your, if your skin was brown, you were Same. Same. It's the truth. Okay. okay. Well, you know what? The first step to realizing there's a problem is admitting that you have one. I agree. And, and then, then you work through it and you move on. But that's what I'm saying. The black community will not admit that they have problems too. And part of it is what they're learning at home when they're young. And I think that it's, I really truly believe that it's generational and that it's fear-driven. 
that they are teaching their children to be afraid of the white people. And maybe in a lot of cases, rightly so, because there are still white families that are teaching racism in the home. It is not something we're born with. Well, it's not. Okay. Well, like you Let said, me... too, letting go ahead, it Nanny. go is one of the big things as well. Letting it go. Right. Too. So. Because, I mean, yeah, I, I'm i not saying there there isn't racism out there. I understand that blacks went through with slavery and stuff, but it's like when, it, when, when are – when are white people going to be able to not be the criminals with that anymore? When is that going to be let go? Because it's still I've asked, I felt the same way growing up because I was never racist either. The issue that we have in this country is that, okay, and, and we'll use me as an example. And don't think I didn't hear you laughing, Adriana, because I did. <laughs> <laughs> um, the, the issue was is that when, you, when A, you've not been around a particular group of people, and B, you base your perceptions on either perceived slights or someone else's perceived slights, then that hatred grows inside of you. Now, what I find amusing, and I still chuckle about when I think about it, is here's this guy that couldn't stand Hispanics, and then all of a sudden, here I am, and I have not one, not two, but three bonus daughters that are of Hispanic descent. And well, there you go. God works, doesn't he? <laughs> God puts it right in your face, man. <laughs> and that I think super duper awesome and he's of his family and so here's what you think about and, and and i thought about this is how would i respond if i was to hear if i was to hear someone say or do the things that i used to say or do to addy or bella or lexi or even the baby I yeah. can't what I'd do. I'd hurt them in a bad way. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah. How do you solve? How do you solve this problem? And the solution to the problem is education. And I yeah. know you're it's always that. You're always. <laughs> but the way you change a viewpoint, the way you change a racist group of people is to educate those people so and i can speak to this because i've lived it um in the south the biggest problem people have with hispanics is they think all of them are illegal okay Mm. i'm telling you and i can i can appreciate that i can understand that i could see that down in florida and uh, in the california area i mean all over the coast down there i can see it it ain't just the coast now, I know. Granted, are, are a good chunk of them illegal? Yeah. Okay. But you have to think about something. We live in the greatest country on the face of the earth. And can I fault somebody for wanting to do a better life? And trust me when I tell you that a lot of the jobs these young folks do is not a job I want to do. Okay. But they do it to take care of their families. 
even the legal ones do jobs that I wouldn't do or would I understand but the thing is is that it's wrong to do it to the legal ones to allow the illegals we've you know the drill on that it is wrong because they, they did it the right way hang on we're not we're not talking about that part of it I'm simply saying that we hate a group of people should we hate a group of people with brown skin color just because they're trying to create a better life the answer is no no not like the fact that they're illegal yes but should we hate them because of their skin color? No. With blacks, the majority of the fear that comes from whites with blacks is that, A, the culture differences between the two are so vast and so drastic that whites fear the blacks and blacks fear the whites because they've been ingrained for hundreds of years, long before America came into existence, if you look at South Africa, um, to be afraid of the blue-eyed Europeans, okay, Mm -hmm. or the blue-eyed pasty people, as they used to say. And so it's a generational thing. Well, how do you fix that? You educate, okay? It's not not all racism. Yes, all racism is taught, agreed. But some of it's being taught that you don't realize is being taught until one day you're enlightened, I guess. I'm guilty of it. You know, everybody's guilty to some degree. Well, and another thing, too, you know, you got to remember that there is, there is good and there is bad in the world, and that doesn't have a color line. So there's going to be, you know, it's kind of like, it's kind of like the, the cops in this case, you know. The cop involved that did what he did and the other three that stood there and allowed it are need to be off the, the force and need to go to jail for a very long time and think about what they did on their job shame on them but the, you know that doesn't mean that all the police officers in the country are bad and that's that's the general and that's the lack of education that's the ignorance that comes out in these protests now on the other side of that coin i have heard many horror stories from people that are of color who have been pulled over for an example just by you know they might have uh, an expired driver's license or they might have been speeding or whatever for just a random pullover and in that process they're not treated the same person as the white person that gets pulled over. They pull a white person over, they give them the license, they give them the registration, you know, and, and off they go. They get their ticket and off they go, and, that, and there's not another thought, except for maybe why did you pull me over or do you want to know why, you know. But if it comes to a black person, there's been black people where, that, you know, they're, they're scared to death to make sure that the cops can see that their hands are on their steering wheel when the cop comes up to their car. I have nothing in my hand. I have nothing in my hand. But, you know, and I do have to reach into my purse to get my driver's license and my registration, and I just want you to know that that's all I'm doing. I'm not reaching for anything other than that. Well, now, do you see what I'm I think the fear is on both sides at this point. I'm just going to tell you, when I get pulled over, it doesn't happen very often, but when I do, the minute I pull over, my hands go at 10 and 2 on the steering wheel, 
And if my hands come off of that steering wheel with the police officer there, I tell them step by step what I'm doing. And that's not because I'm afraid they're going to shoot me, because I'm not. It is for their protection as much as it is mine. Okay? And I have no problem, none whatsoever, of doing that. And I think everybody, no matter what color you are, should do that, because that puts everybody at ease. But then, but I didn't finish. Because the, the black woman that talked to me about this told me point blank. Then it's, well, well where, where, are you go, where do you, okay, I see where you live. Where are you going? You know, are you heading somewhere in specific? You know, all these kind of, uh, you know, uh, questions that it's like really, it, you know, it's, it's not part of the reason why you pull somebody over and, you know, and it's really none of their business. But I've been asked those questions, too, and I just ask them, why is it relevant? And if they can tell, you know, I had one tell me, hey, look, we've had a burglar area, and we're just kind of looking out. And I'll tell them, I had that asked to me. Right. Right. Now, I understand that. Um, okay. But, again, it's all the time they're, they're you know, I just, I just think, like I said, I just think that, you know, the only way we're going to be able to fix this is to reform the police department, and I mean reform what, what they're able to do, because I know they were talking about that on Fox today, that they have got to remove the ability to use a chokehold, and that's one thing that they have been doing, is they're allowed to use it, okay? I mean, that's just the bottom line. So, um, you know, and, and I mean, <laughs> I've never heard of that before. But apparently, that's something that they've been permitted to do. And um, so there's reforms there that are necessary, but then we also have to be cooperative. And, you know, and I know the police, there's a lot of police that have gone out of their way to, you know, make the, make the interaction or the relationship with the black community better. I've seen it. I've seen videos of it, you know, since. Education. Go ahead. Understanding is going to solve a lot of this to better understand the different demographics, whether it be black officers with Hispanic folk or Asian folk, whether it be white officers with black folk, whatever the case may be, it all comes down to education and better understanding, okay, and some compromise on both sides. You have to understand that you know and sometimes they're going to ask questions and yes you're not required to answer the majority of their questions you can tell them to shove off but let me ask you this and and this is a lesson i learned is number one how hard is it you know if they're asking you you know why are you here i ask them why it's relevant most of the time they'll give you an answer and you say, oh, well, in that case, I'm headed through here. How hard was it to answer that question? Because you never know when that same cop may be the one responding to an accident that you've been in or a burglary at home, or and they'll remember you. Okay, And you took a couple of minutes to cooperate with them. They're going to go the extra mile to help you. And I'm not saying it should be quid pro quo, but I'm saying they're human. Okay? 
It's just called, it's called being the change that you want to see in others. That's what that's called. But if we would just stop, you know, screaming white privilege and you owe us. And, you know, I don't owe owe them a thing. Yeah, but why get butthurt over it? There ain't no, the only reason they're hollering that is because they heard somebody else parody, Okay. And the way you stop that crap, don't even respond to it. Don't dignify it. Because remember, right is might. When you have facts, you talk facts. When you don't have facts, you pound the table and yell. And yep. if you look at what people do, the majority of them pound the table and yell. When you come back yep. out with facts, hear those. An insult, yep. <laughs> but they'll, they'll never stop that. They, I mean, they, they continually, not all of them, but most of them will say that, you know, we're oppressed, and you know you kept us well, down. Then you teach the next generation better, and teach them that it's the Democratic Party that has oppressed them. You teach them that it's their fellow uh, African Americans that have kept them down. It's the people that they look to for leaders that keep them down. You break that ceiling. Okay. I mean, okay, I will... hang on. Yeah. Okay. And this is not pick on Addie and Umberto not, but they're here, and, and so no. I'm going to use them. They're, they're a young couple. They pay all their own bills. They don't have any help from anybody. They just bought a brand-new car, which is a very nice car. Okay? Mm. Umberto gets up every morning at around 3 o'clock, I think, and heads off to work, maybe a little earlier than that. Heads off at a job that, I'm going to be honest, I wouldn't want to do. Okay? But he does it. Okay, they don't ask anybody for anything. The baby's well taken care of. Uh, Marcellus Ledbetter, the next baby coming along, and his name ain't Ledbetter, but that's how I remember it because of the marble. Uh, Marcellus will be wrapping along here in a couple of months. They're prepared for him. And you know what? They don't ask people to help them make their way. And why is that important? I'm going to tell you why that's important. Because with upbringing, they were taught, hey, make your life, make your life, your own decisions, and you're responsible for taking care of yourself. So they're not out there expecting somebody to hand them something. And because it also of, instills pride. Hang on. It also instills pride in yourself. You, that's right. You instill pride in yourself, work for what you've got, earn what you've got, and then that way when somebody comes along, nobody can ever say that you got it for nothing and that somebody right. gave you okay? Right. And you know what? For them, for them to be they are, they're a lot better off than I was at that age. Wow. Okay? So I'm glad for them. And to see them learning the lessons that they're learning and the, this whole thing going on right now, yeah. the process and her learning about this, she's done a really good job. And that's why I asked her to come on here and talk about this, because her processing of all this, as you all heard, um, she's got insights that most people her age wouldn't have, which brings me to the last topic. And I'm going to Uh speed through this, though I didn't really want to, but we've been on here quite a bit. And that's redlining. Okay, For those of you that don't know what redlining was, it began in the 50s. And banks, insurance companies, and other lenders, whether it be home lenders or otherwise, 
took certain areas that were primarily black or neighborhoods of color, and they put them as a red line, meaning you didn't loan money to people that lived in these economic areas because odds are you weren't going to get your money back. Okay? Redlining is still used today. It is not based on color today, but it is based on a lot of the similar factors that they did in the 50s, but it is also, it's more of a risk assessment. So I'll give you an example. I went and looked it up, and in the area that I live in, the insurance rates are below the national average. Now, why are the rates below the national average? Because the low crime area, and it is a poor area, but it is low crime, and there's not a lot of accidents that happen in this general area, so the risk is lower. So auto insurance, homeowner's insurance is lower. It also helps that there's a fire hydrant in the yard for auto for home insurance, just saying. Um, but if you go and look in a neighborhood that's simply a few streets over, the crime rate is a little higher, and so their insurance rates are higher, their home loan interest rates are higher, because the repossession rate or the foreclosure rate is high. Okay? Now, is that a fair practice? I don't know. I haven't given it a lot of thought. I can understand why it's done. Okay. Redlining used to be by color. Now it's by, you want to get technical, socioeconomics in your areas. But redlining was a way that was used to keep black people from getting loans. I mean, I, I will admit that. Now, most loans are done through FICO, which I don't like FICOs either because FICOs are all private companies and they have a personal gain. And to be honest, you could be paying all of your utility bills on time every month without fail or paying your rent on time every month without fail, and they don't report to FICO, so that's not an representation of how you pay your bills. That's not fair. Um, so... We'll talk about redlining in detail another time. Um, as I always do, I'm going to give everybody a final thought. If you want to bring up a topic that we haven't discussed, feel free to do so. I keep your comments to three minutes, and I will start with Barbara. Well, it seems that Joe Biden has been talking to Hillary because he came out yesterday, wasn't it? and said that, ma'am, 10 to 15% of Americans are not very good people. Well, thank you, yeah, Joe, for that yeah. commentary. Stick a fork in him. He's done. Yeah, that was stupid. Hillary made the same mistake, and look what happened to her. Well, that's just the deplorables. 10 to 15% yeah. of the country deplorables. Thank you. Have a nice day. Yeah, really. <laughs> All right. Yeah. Anything else? Um, no. Oh, I think it's funny that he was calling out President Trump for walking over to St. John's Church and called it a photo op, but yet he's going to be at the funeral on Monday for George Floyd, but that's not a photo op. Yeah, yeah that's, a, that's a photo op. That's a pump some life into my campaign and get my yeah. Democratic pumped up. But Democrats have some well, I'll talk about that in a minute. Mark, go. 
Mark. Uh, for, for those wondering, <clears throat> if you really want to blame someone for what happened to George Floyd, I would probably blame the 100 years of support of Democrats. And I know we touched on that to a certain extent. But if you look at the, the cities that are being um, – that the riots are happening right now, where they're looting, where they're burning things. It's cities. And for the most part, they have not been Republican-controlled cities in generations. The best example is Minneapolis. It has a Democrat mayor. It has a Democrat governor. It has Democrat senators. It has Democrat House members. It has Democrat this, that, and the other. The only two, there's like five Republicans in the entire state, and they go to, uh, and they go somewhere else because they can't get anything done there. So it's not a Democrat, it's not a Republican problem. But of course, it's a dem- it's a Republican problem now because all Republicans are racist because it's an election year. Now, if this wasn't an election year, none of this would matter. Now, we remember back in 2016, 2015, 2014, 2013. You know, every year of Obama's administration, where there was a black man that was killed in some kind of way and there were protests and riots. The whole Black Lives Movement started with Trayvon Martin because there was a black man who was killed, and if if Obama had a son, it would look exactly like Trayvon Martin. Mm -hmm. That's where Black Lives Matter started, and it, it took its show on the road. Anytime a cop or a white guy or X killed Y, why usually being black? Because they don't care about Mexicans in Black Lives Matter. <clears throat> There's a host of different issues that can be addressed in each little city. But the main one is the Democrats have been using black people for the last hundred years for nothing more than votes. And for the black leaders like Al and Jesse the ones who are going to hell for this life and the ones who have taken advantage of black people over their tenure, they're not the true leaders. They're the ones They're the ones that, remember hearing stories about slavery and the slave times and how there was a black lookout that would make sure to get, to make sure that that slave escapes, that that black lookout is going to go ahead and tell the uh, the plantation owner or the slave master, look, uh, Kuta Kente left. But those kids are at this point. And that's how they've always been. Now, you, you want to fix racism? I can fix racism in, one, in two steps. Take your eardrums out and cut your eyes out. Other than that, there is no stopping racism. And the funny part is you can coexist. And in the South, especially in the South, Blacks and whites coexist, and they coexist to the point where they live next to each other and there's no conflict. Then you get to the major cities where you have Minneapolis, who has the black section and has the Mexican section, and 
has somewhat of a white section because but the white section is pretty much the suburbs <clears throat> and that's usually because the democrats have taken over the crap and they have forced the blacks and the minorities and all the other groups that they want to enslave they put them in the middle of the city where the people who were able to get out get out and that's my little rant and i'm going to continue with this maybe later on in the week and something else but that's my little rant on this. Also, that's a tropical storm that's going to hit me tomorrow. I'm going to have fun with that. Yeah, so, I saw that. Well, you'll finally get your bath. <laughs> All right, Jill, any final thoughts? Fabian, that was not nice. Mark, you be safe tomorrow. Okay. Okay. Um, I just got a little something to say with regards to all these Democrat cities, um, you know, it's interesting because with coronavirus, it was the worst of the worst was predominantly also in Democrat cities. And now we have these riots taking place and most of that's happening in Democrat cities. And I'm not saying, I'm not saying that or bringing that up to blame Democrats. Isn't that interesting? What I am bringing it up for is to, my way of thinking right now, which is this. If memory serves me correctly, President Trump decided that he was going to defund sanctuary cities. And when he defunded sanctuary cities, there was obviously a pushback from the courts out west. And it was, I think, Ninth Circuit or whatever. And so it went to the Supreme Court. And the Supreme Court ruled just prior to the coronavirus hitting that President Trump was right and he, could, he had every right to defund sanctuary cities because they were in violation of immigration law. So now what are they doing? What do they do? Well, Trump gets out there and says, well, you know, nobody's going to end up going without insurance when the coronavirus hits, so we're going to pay out all this money to all the health care and whatever else. Well, the state and the state and then Cuomo's out there once a day talking about his state budget and how, how they're in so much trouble. And then you got it happening out in Washington, too. It's hitting real hard out there and out in, in California. I just think that it was all about the money. Well, that's a change, isn't it? That's all I got to say. Thank you. Addie, do you have any closing comments you want to make since you're part of our roundtable tonight? Um, I think it's funny that there has it, that everyone was okay to, uh, everyone's okay to go out and protest with the corona and stuff, but yet people wanted to grab about having to go to work with it. Well, <laughs> you go, girl. That's a great point. <laughs> Isn't it kind of interesting that the same people Nothing that has have been said about it either. Right, that have these states locked down, that the states that are still locked down are the ones where all the protests are happening, and now the governors are saying, oh, well, they have a right to protest, and they should be able to gather, but they need to wear masks. Mm-hmm. Um, okay. But we're going to cancel our 4th of July celebration. We are going to have to change our classrooms. We're going to have to do all this stuff. But, hey, 10,000 of you can get together and protest and loot and riot and do everything else. Thank you. 
Yeah. All right, everybody. Interesting. Oh, and yeah. don't forget some breaking news. Um, um, next month, Hobby Lobby will be putting out their Christmas decorations. Who? Hobby Lobby. Well, it is time. Hobby Lobby gets that stuff out early. Yeah, they do. Hey, uh, uh, one question. Do we still need mail-in ballots? We're, we're going to talk uh, about mail-in uh, program. I'm not even going to dignify that with that real thing I saw today. Uh, uh, by the way, for those of you that are fans of Cops or Live PD, both shows have been pulled from the air um, because of yeah. the... We can't offend anybody. Which I'm not even going to dignify that with more than just an FYI. Remember, you've got to stand for something or you fall for anything. Freedom is a free. Thank you, soldier, for without them, we wouldn't have an all-volunteer army. Thank the families of soldiers for without them, we wouldn't have an army. And you know what? Thank you to all the health care workers for all the hard work they do and, and keeping people going, the RNs and the CNAs and all the important people. We certainly appreciate you. This is the Political Superman saying, have a good night, everybody. Good night. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, avoid, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus.